Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. And so, today I want you to turn with me in the Bible to Philippians, the fourth chapter. We're going to talk about toxic emotions somebody say emotions it was a popular song and a little dance craze in my feelings right everybody doing it right Kiki <laughs> and so if how many of you followers of Jesus Christ in this place Jesus was our primary example. And if you want to ever know how to respond to anything in life, it doesn't matter, life is going to happen. We can't escape it. Life is going to happen. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have victories where you feel like you are undefeated and nothing can touch you. I was telling somebody the other day, you know, the only things that make, make the mountains, the mountains, is the fact that there are valleys in between them. So while we're celebrating on a mountain, just know that you got to go down that mountain. And there's a valley to be gone through on your way to your next victory. Amen? And so we, we, we have to understand that, that life is full of ups and downs. Life is a roller coaster. The thing that gives you the thrill on the ride down took, took a hard, steep climb. Sometimes that ride down will make your stomach feel like it's up in your ears. Am I telling the truth? I've lived a little bit of life now, and I've, said, I've, I've, I've been through a couple of cycles. And so you have to know, people of God, that life is going to happen. Tell somebody, don't be surprised when life is going to happen. Life happens to the living. I know that sounds oversimplistic, but life happens to the living. What would you rather choose? The alternative is to not be here. Bible says that the, the, the man, man born of a woman, life is going to be full of trouble. Right? Many of the afflictions are the righteous. But God delivers them from them all. He proves himself through the vicissitudes of life. He proves himself. How will we ever know him of a healer if we never got sick? we ever know him as a deliverer if we never got into something every now and then? Huh? We say, Lord, I want to know you. So if you're going to know me, you're going to know me through the fellowship of suffering. Tell somebody, you sure you want to know him? But with this, this, this is a prescription. 
Philippians 4 and 7 says this, and I'll let you sit down in a second. It says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension or understanding, will God, you look at it, y'all, your hearts and your mind. Y'all see, we talking about the soul, right? In Christ Jesus. Tell somebody, life is going to happen. But you have to let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. You got to let it permeate your life. It wants to do some guarding of your heart and your mind, but you got to let it. See, I'm, reading, I'm reaching the stage in my life that I've been so independent and I've been so I do what I do, I do, that I got to let people take care of me now. people I understand that I'm, I'm wise enough I have to let my guard down to let other people's guard come up you see we have to let the spirit of God guard our hearts and our minds and I've realized as I have to let other people kind of take care of me I've got to let my will down I'm telling it all myself I got to let some of my preferences down I got to realize that everything won't turn out the way I want to because I got the greater goal of preservation long term. So if you're going to let the spirit of God guard your heart and mind, the exchange is some of your will. It changes some of your way. It changes some of your preferences. Because God, I'm looking long game. See, the devil have us looking at short game. He has us trying to get through the day. He has us trying to get through the week. He's trying to get, to get us to the next paycheck. God said, but if you look long term, you will let me guard your heart and your mind. With my incomprehensible peace. It passes all understanding. There is this worldly, man-made, contrived peace. And then there is my peace that passes all understanding. I said, that's the one you need to let in. And so, what we're, what we're talking about is the management of our emotions. To translate this scripture, he says, let, let the peace, which is an emotion of God, let it rest, rule, let it permeate, let it flood every corner of your heart and your mind. It is incomprehensible. And when you let that stuff permeate your spirit, it will, it will, it will surpass all understanding. But it's going to be through Christ Jesus. But guess what? We talked about last week that the devil is anti-Christ. Everything that God wants to do, everything that's on God's agenda, it is the opposite of his agenda. And so what he wants us to do is to link to our own understanding. It's to depend on our own ways. It's to, it's to be led around by our emotions and what we feel. How many know we got feelings in this place? Especially, uh, especially us black people. We, 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 we good and we, we, you know, God, he gave us something that nobody else has. We, we're an emotional, you know, we put it in our food. It's in soul food. It's in our music. It's in, it's in how we talk. It's in, it's in how, it's, it's, it's in how a mama roll a neck when she's talking to her children. It's a little extra something. God, God, God gave every ethnicity something, but God gave us a little spice and a little, 
extra cayenne, extra genesee quoi. You know what I mean? It doesn't make us better anybody or inferior. Tell somebody that's just the way he made us. But you have to be careful. I'm gonna, and and, and y'all can sit down. You have to be careful that you don't let the thing that God has given you become the totality of you. I want you to listen very clearly. Somebody say emotions. Now I'm not up here to say I'm not up here to say today that emotions are bad and you should never have emotions. No. God gave us emotions. I liken it unto this. I liken unto one of the greatest discoveries of mankind going back to prehistoric days if you want to say caveman days whatever you want to say. But one of the greatest discoveries of mankind is the discovery of fire. Fire ended up being a good thing that man discovered. I was talking to Deacon Terrell the other day that God didn't supply us with everything. We were talking about medical. That although because of Adam's sin, the curse came into earth and sickness and disease, God loved us so much that he gave man wisdom through science to combat, cure, and fix those diseases. Isn't God graceful? You see, you see what I'm saying? He could have just let us be sick and be sick. He said, but I love man so much, I'm going to put knowledge in your mind. I'm going to put a seeking in your mind and in your spirit that you will find the answer and discover penicillin. And you'll discover all those things that even though these diseases came by way of man, I'm going to let you be the cure to it too. You know, and man starts to think in their God and, you know. But if you had to study the frog to learn what to do in a human, guess who made the frog? You know what I mean? So we're never going to escape God. And God is saying right here that even the invention and the discovery of fire, fire can do some wonderful things. You can put it, light the candles on a birthday cake and it's celebratory, right? Man was able to figure out how to harness fire and create the combustible engine that we all drove unless you got an electric car. You, you see what I'm saying? That we've been able to harness this thing called fire to run our vehicles, to heat our homes. Y'all get that? But fire out of control will destroy your home. It's summertime and in California, like clockwork, they have forest fires that burn up thousands of acres of woodlands every summer. So, the great thing that God created, if we don't control it, if we control it, it can be productive in our lives. But just like fire, out of control, it can destroy everything in its path. So as it is with our emotions, God gave us our emotions like the salt and the pepper of life. 
that when we're with our family, I hadn't seen my kids, they've been on vacation. They vacation more than I ever did. Brother Nelson, I mean, they just go, they just go. But it, it, it gave me joy to see my children. Hadn't seen them in a while. You know, sometimes you need a break from them, they need a break from you. Saw my babies, hugged them, brought me joy. That's on the end of the spectrum. But just by the end of the summer, they're going to do something. Because that's just the nature of truth. They're going to do something that's going to make me upset with them. Like, Lord, what in the world? And I tell my wife every night, every night we should have got some gerbils from the store. <laughs> Turtles or something. These jokers tell me everything I buy. But you see what I'm saying? This is the spectrum of emotion. And God gave them to us. But he gave them to us to manage. And the devil knows that. He knows that the emotion that God gave us is just like fire. I'm talking about like Jeremiah showed up in your bones. I'm talking about the emotion. That if controlled the way that God intended to, it will take you to the highest height. It will allow you to, to it will allow you to uh, 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 enjoy uh, euphoric moments of celebration, like when you get married and when your child graduates and, and all those things. And even in, Ecclesi in Ecclesiastes, they talk about there is a time for everything and every season under the sun. It's a time to mourn. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time for everything. But what the devil is banking in, if I can just get in and pervert that thing. How many of you know the devil is a perverter? He is the creator of nothing and he's the perverter of everything. He said, I know God gave you that. He said, but if I can just get you, if I can just keep, keep you hyper emotional, you will never focus in on what's going on. And that way you'll be running here and you'll be, you'll be on it. You'll just be like, y'all know the old pirate ship used to be at the fair. You'll be taking swing to swing and your life will never get on a trajectory. Because I told you the devil don't care about you being saved. He just want to make you ineffective. And one of the main ways the devil makes us ineffective is by keeping us emotional. somebody you can't be in your feelings can't be in your feelings you can't be in your feelings let me give you some examples because y'all think I'm just talking I'll give you some examples of people in the Bible Moses the great deliverer one of the fathers of the Old Testament the one that said let my people go Moses had a frustration and an anger problem. It first reared his head when he was still in Pharaoh's house. And he saw that Egyptian soldier whipping one of his Jewish people. He was so overcome with anger that he murdered a man because he saw injustice. Now one might say, well, he was standing up for injustice. But have you ever done the right thing at the wrong time? Some things we can do. Some, there is nothing wrong. The Bible says to anger. It's okay to get angry, but sin not. 
Look, nothing is wrong with being angry. Nothing is wrong to be disturbed. Do you realize that the greatest movements in the history is because somebody got disturbed? It's somebody say enough is enough, but it's the way that you do it. It's all about timing. And so many times we think that just because it came up, it's got to come out. But God said you have to manage that fire that I put inside of you. Is this helping anybody in this place? The right thing done at the wrong time will produce the wrong result. If you don't remember nothing else, the right thing done at the wrong time will still produce a wrong result. And then we'll go back to God. God, I thought that you told me to do Yeah, I did too, but I didn't tell you to do that now. Everything God reveals to us, sometimes we got to sit on that thing. We got to marinate on that thing. Sometimes we got to run it by God. God, is this me or is this you? Or did you give this to me through the vehicle of my emotions? That's what happened to Moses. Moses was disturbed in his spirit, but it was not time yet for him to be a deliverer yet. And even though he was still called, he was on the run for 30 years. All because he did not manage his emotions. And we'll see it again. He, go, he goes up to the mountain and he, get, he, gets, he gets the commandment from God. He, 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 gets, the, he, he gets these tab tablets from God. He said, okay, God, I've gone up to the mountain and I'm hearing from you. God, this is about to be a shift. We're not going to be wandering in the wilderness anymore because you've given us commandments uh, by which we can walk by and we're going to be pleasing to you. And he comes down and he sees all the children of Israel dance. They have created a graven image. They have melted down all of their gold and they are dancing around and they said we get we, we uh, they told Aaron we're tired of this God that we can't see even though he's giving us water out of a rock even though he's opened a red sea for us we want something tangible that we can worship and so he gave in to them they melted down their jewelry and they created a golden calf and so uh, uh, Moses who had been up before God to the point where his hair had turned white he had been in the presence of God so much he came down and said man this is about to change the way that we live and he comes down and he finds them dancing around a golden calf he gets so upset that he throws down the word of God so upset at them that he strikes out at God's word y'all see that how people can get you in your feelings and you attacking the wrong one and what he should have done is got a cane and started whipping all them around it. But he, he called him, he got so angry. That's what emotion will do. It blurs lines. It obscures our view. It, you know, so it, it, it is known that even when somebody is hurting, they can, they can be in such a, uh, uh, you can be in such shock that you don't even feel the pain because of the emotion of what's going on. And it's not until the adrenaline drains down that you can feel what's truly going on. Emotion can, can, can take you out to such a place that you don't realize what you're doing or what you're about to do. Tell somebody, you can't be in your feelings. What about David? David, a man that went out after God's own heart. David, the warrior, the one that killed Goliath. Do you realize that David struggled his whole life with acceptance issues? got to understand he was the, he was a small little Rudy boy that dad that daddy never counted as equal that when Samuel came to the house he didn't even bother to go get David he brought this he brought his brothers out that looked like the king that walked the part that did the part 
And so out of all that David did, he was a skillful writer. He was a skillful warrior. He was a mighty king. He was a praiser. Everybody loves to talk about, you know, he danced and he was so happy about the presence of God. He danced till he came out of his clothes and all that stuff is true. But David was always longing for some acceptance. To the point one day he saw Bathsheba out there bathing one day. It ain't good enough that I'm the king and I can have any other woman that's available. There's always more. And so he had that spirit of rejection. He was always out there reaching for more to the point where he plotted her husband's death and ended up committing murder. Tell somebody, you can't be in your feelings. The devil wants us to stay in our feelings. The Bible says that we must walk by faith. Y'all listen to me closely. The word of God said that we must walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is representative of all the other ceiling, the, the other senses, what we taste, what we feel, what we touch, what we hear. And the devil would have us walking around in our sensory realm rather than what we know in our spirit. To be quite honest with you, God doesn't care about what you feel. I hate to be sounding hard today. But God could care less about what you feel. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, God, is there any other way? He knew what was about to take place. Is there any other way? I know I came here to be a sacrifice. I know I was born to be slain. I know that I got to walk this thing out. But he's trying to negotiate himself. Jesus. He tried to negotiate his way out of crucifixion. He tried to negotiate his way out of this suffering because he knew it was about to happen and God went silent. I don't care about what, how you feel, Jesus. The mission is still the same regardless of your feelings. If the truth be told, and it rarely is. How many of y'all feel like going to work in the morning? show your hands how many you feel like oh god bless you if you got a place like that now be that as it may let me see the hands that are going to work in the morning so guess what you have just exercised the fact everybody in this room we have just confirmed that we have the capacity to override what we feel in order to do what we need to do But somehow when it comes into the realm of our relationship and our walk with God, somehow when we come in these walls, we give more weight and credence to what we feel. I just don't feel like lifting my hand today. I don't feel like waking up in the morning and praying. I don't feel like reading my word. I'm just not feeling it today. Well, you ain't going to feel like it in the morning. But guess what? You're going to get your rusty dusty up in the morning. You're going to get up in that shower. You're going to brush what teeth you got in your head. And you're going to get in that car. And you're going to go to that man's job. And you're going to do everything he say. You may not came to get this truth this morning, but it's the truth. 
Now we get more honor. Now it makes sense when it says we, I, we, we need rather serve God than mammon. Mammon is money. That's something tangible. We know if I trade this, I get this. So honey, my left leg can be numb and my, and my right side like I got syndrome of the stroke. They don't pay me if I don't come in. And we'll go in like that. But let us have a tingle in our left pinky toe. Well, no, God said we should take a rest. I ain't going to go to church this way. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling you, if we want to live a victorious life, and I'm not saying, am I saying we should live unbalanced and we should live at the church doorstep? No, I'm not saying this. But God said, God said you're supposed to seek ye first the kingdom. And we, if we're going to live a balanced, victorious life, we got to stop the excuses based on how we feel. If God did not respond to how Jesus felt in that garden of Gethsemane, who make you exempt based on how you feel? The assignment don't change based on how you feel. I woke up this morning at five o'clock. In Durham, in Chapel Hill, let me, let me correct myself. Got myself together, packed up all my things, took a shower, skipped breakfast. I got something here, so don't nobody worry about it. To come here to be on time because my, I didn't feel like it. I said, you know what? I could easily call somebody else to speak for me today. But my calling and my assignment... what I felt. Tell somebody, you can't be in your feelings. Your feelings don't change your assignment. And guess what? Your feelings don't excuse your actions. I just felt my Feelings were hurt. My this, I felt that. And whenever, you know, that's my thing. And somebody, I go, you walk, you walk over here. You know, I turn into a snake. I turn and don't touch this, don't touch this area. God, God said, are you gonna be led by your spirit? Right. Are you being led by your feelings? Guess what? If you know that, and God knows that, the enemy knows that. And he said, all I gotta do is sit here and press this button. And I can keep you wild as a as a buck rabbit, and you never gonna do it. All I gotta do every time you get to get close to where God has for you, all I gotta do, hmm, let me see, let me press this button, and they're gonna unravel everything that God has planned for them. Y'all, we gotta wise up. Tell somebody you gotta get out of your feelings. Your emotions will take you places. Tell somebody, get out of your feelings. Here's the thing. Feelings and emotions produce thoughts. Thoughts produce actions. Actions produce habits. Listen closely. Habits produce the direction of your life. I'm going to say that again. Feelings and emotions produce thoughts. 
thoughts produce actions. Continual actions produce habits. Habits produce the direction of your life. You, people can say all one thing, oh yeah, I'm going to be a millionaire in, in so much time and I'm going to lose weight. I want to see what you do on a routine basis. What are your habits? Because your habits are a precursor as to where you're going. What you do continually produces where you're going to be. And ultimately, the direction of your life determines your destiny. I can say all I want to that, I want, that I'm on my way to California. But if I get on I-85, I don't care how much I run on I-85. I'm not going to get to California. Because I-85 go north and south. So you can say all, you can say all, oh, this is my destiny, I'm going to be here. What are your habits? And God is saying here that it all starts in the emotional realm. Emotion moves people to action. Why do you think every time they want you to give to something, whether it's March of Dimes or something else or, or, or Humane Society, they'll, they'll, they'll show you a little dog and had a woman on the wing of an angel. And they'll show the little sad little puppy. Move it all slow motion like that. Because they know that emotion pushes you to action. They know that in advertising. That's why they put, put certain colors and put certain music and put certain... Because they want to invoke a response out of you. And they know that if I can get you emotional enough, I can move you to the action that I want you to do. And so if man knows, don't you know the devil knows that? That if I can get you emotional enough. But look at this, y'all. Hebrews, the fourth chapter, 15 verse says this. Anybody getting anything out of this today? It says, for we have not a high priest. Look at this, y'all. Which, which cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. But he was at all points tempted. Somebody say tempted. Like as we are, yet he was without sin. I want to unpack this just for a second. The word of God calls Jesus a kinsman redeemer. Somebody say kinsman. You know, somebody kin to you. That means they, they know you. They didn't spend some time with you. Bite to the bath with you. Might slept over with you. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't uh, uh, share the same slurpee together and swap germs, all kind of stuff. Tell somebody, those people who kin to me. The word of God calls Jesus a kinsman redeemer. Meaning that he's felt everything we felt. He's gone through everything. You say, oh Lord, this is, I'm the only one. No, God said, I, I felt every emotion. I felt rage. The word of God said, one of, the shortest, one of the shortest verses in the Bible is Jesus wept. Meaning Jesus felt sorrow. Jesus got anger to where he turned tables over in the synagogue. Jesus feared for his life and he fled every now and then because he realized it got hot on the scene. So Jesus went through the full cascade, the full gamut of emotions. And the word of God said, we, we, we're, not, we're not serving and following a Jesus that is unfamiliar with our feelings. The word of God said that he was tempted. Somebody say tempted. 
said that he was tempted on all, at all points. Other translations say he was tempted on all sides. Yet he was without sin. Meaning that if we follow his example, how many know, let's be honest, how many know we all got triggers? Let's just be honest. We ain't gonna, we ain't gonna, we ain't got, everybody got buttons. Tell somebody, I got buttons. My buttons may not be your buttons. But I got buttons. I got them. Oh, Pastor Tony, you all mild. Oh, Pastor Tony got buttons. You want to see or you, yeah, push it. <laughs> see when Jack in the Box come out, push it. You got buttons. Oh, y'all want to see some buttons. Let Lady Tiffany button get pushed. <laughs> Hurricane. But what he's saying is he was tempted on all fronts. A lot of times the temptation, I want to broaden this, this, this definition of temptation. Somebody say temptation. Temptation, we're always thinking about, you know, something is seductive and sultry. And, and you know, we're always thinking of something in some conniving and some kind of snaky way. You know what I mean? But, but oh, 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 this is, this, is, this is what temptation is, y'all. Temptation is nothing but pressure that is applied to your thinking. Somebody say pressure. If you're a little low on money, and you know things are a little tight around this time, the devil brings somebody around with some hot clothes or some, some this. Tell, myself, tell somebody, there's pressure on your thinking. The devil will sow something. He will make some custom made to the situation you're going through to put pressure on your thinking. Y'all hear me? Stay with me. Tell somebody, tell somebody he wants to put pressure on your thinking. That's what temptation is. You know why? Because it is with the mind that we serve God. So the devil say, I'm not going to tempt your body. I'm going to tempt your thinking. If you and your wife or you and your spouse, y'all have y'all having trouble and you, you know, you know, you just get on each other's nerves every now and then. And the devil got you looking at everything that they're not, everything that they're not doing. You're not paying attention to me. You know, when I come on and have a hard day, you asking what I'm going to cook rather than how was my day. And all of a sudden, he'll put somebody at the job. Hey, how you doing? You know, what's going on in your life? You ain't hopped in the bed together yet. But the devil is trying to scratch that itch. I'm teaching good this morning. I'm trying to keep you out of trouble. The devil knows where we itch and he will put a temptation. He will put pressure on our thinking. Which evokes emotion. Which drives us to action. Is this making sense today? Tell somebody you can't be in your feelings. The fact that matters, people of God, that Jesus had emotions, but emotions never had Jesus. He held that fire of emotion in control. How many followers of Jesus we have here? Tell somebody, if Jesus did it, you can do it. If you got the same spirit 
of Jesus that raised Jesus from the dead, tell somebody, you can do it. But you've got to manage it. I want to show you an example. I'm going to roll this out here. Y'all see this? This right here is a cup. Whether it's coffee, tea, whatever your favorite little beverage is. You know, we do fancy stuff nowadays. Can't drink nothing straight no more. You just got to put it with something in it. I'm just going to pour it, you know, that this is, what y'all want this to be coffee today? Lord have mercy. Caffeine heads in here. I don't know many people that drink coffee straight. Some people do. No sugar, no cream. Usually you get, you get to do something, right? But what? Whether it's usually with whatever food, particularly us in the South, we're just not going to eat, cook the meat. We're not just going to make the greens going to enhance it, right? Some of us call it soul food. Somebody, you know, getting it to taste. and So it's, it's not the food that's killing us. It's what we're enhancing it with. But this right here, I've got some creamer. And this is what God, God, God said, I gave you life and I gave you more abundantly so you can have joy with it and so you can, you can enjoy your family, you can enjoy your relationships and you can enjoy your friends uh, so that you can fix things so that sometimes you're even going to get angry sometimes. I'm going to do some things to disturb you, but I want you to be disturbed because I put the solution in you to fix everything that's out of alignment. Y'all understand that? So, but what God is saying is, it's just like this coffee. That we're going to put a little bit in here as the enhancement. This is the emotion. Got a little sugar. I know we got some sugar heads in here. Right? Put a little bit in there. You know, then I love, I'm a, I'm a cinnamon lover. I love it, right? Put a little cinnamon in here. I'm making some, some kind of little French something, right? In the proportion, somebody say proportion. It may be that God put a little bit, you know, we, we all have our own emotional triggers and God, how God made us that, that is specifically to how God made us, Amen. Your proportion of joy that you flow in is not my proportion of joy. Your proportion of what makes you upset, people got different thresholds, right? Some people say, some people got the patience of joy, don't bother. Some people, the first thing, ready to fly off the handle. Right? But God said it's about proportion. I'm not here to say that emotions are bad. But God said in the right proportion. Here's what I'm saying. That just like this sugar, just like this creamer, 
just like this cinnamon. Emotions are meant to enhance our life. Not to take over our life. And that's what the devil, he wants us to be led around by every whim of how we feel. Now let, now let, let me show you how most of us are living and how he would prefer us. What he wants us to do, he wants us. You ever seen somebody just putting so much or something in there? Like, Lord, this is sugar water with a side of coffee. And what he wants us to do, he wants us to be so overflowed with emotion that it changes the very nature of what God has us to do. And God said, I don't want you to be so over. God said, I want you to be, I want you to be using the emotions as enhancers, not the thing that rules. He said, and if you keep running around, getting emotional and getting upset and getting overly happy, let me tell you, it, go, it, goes, it goes both ways. You can't go around being so upset at everything. You ever seen people just angry? Nose all pushed up like a bull, just angry about everything. And you wonder why they not promote you on that job. It ain't the devil, it's because you're evil. I would rather work with somebody and I promoted people that know. I would rather promote somebody who don't know everything. But you got a teachable spirit that can get along with people that you don't know everything like a thesaurus from front to back but you can't get along with nobody it's all because you, you, you don't have control over your emotions it's not the devil holding you back it's your inability to manage your emotions on the same end of the spectrum. You can't go around looking like a smiley face all the time. Like a smiling emoji, does it? That you just want everybody happy, that you want everybody pleased. Sometimes you're going to have to stir the pot and tell some people some inconvenient truth. Sometimes you're going to have to close the door and tell somebody, I love you, but what you're doing is not right. And if I don't love you, I can't tell you the truth about yourself. And there is no happy, happy grand way sometimes to tell you that you're being nasty. We can't be so overwhelmed by spectrums of wanting everything to be joyous. And we can't be so evil all the time. And so burdened down and riddled down with strife. God said you got to do things in proportion. Somebody say do it in proportion. You can't be in your feelings. The last thing I want to share with you. is that the devil, he wants, one of the three main things that the devil bogs us down. There are many other things, but these are the root things. It's that he binds up the people of God with fear, 
with resentment, fear, and resentment, and envy. You ever seen the people that don't really trust nobody? I don't do people like that. They can't really make friends. Every time they get close to people, they send to sabotage it. There's a root of fear there. That I left, if I let you in too close, I let somebody in that close before and they hurt me. So I've got chambers, I'll deal with you. Or maybe it's, I'm callous, I'm cold. If I sniff like you're going to hurt me, I'm going to hurt you first. I'll slit your throat and only see where you land. They have a root of bitterness to where you can never trust again. You can never love again. The first murder that was ever committed was because Cain was jealous that his brother's offering was accepted over his. I'm gonna talk about the curse of comparison and insecurity. That if I'm never secure in what God created for me, I'm always looking to what my sister got. I'm always looking to what my brother got. I'm always looking, why? I live better than they do it. Out of all they've been through, that's their path. You don't, know what, what, you don't know what path those people had to walk through to get what they've gotten. You don't know the fiery trials. You don't know the price that people are paying to live how they're living and to do what they're doing. Before you make judgment, you need to walk in people's shoes before you cast judgment. And God is saying, if you would just be secure in the path that I've got for you. God said, I've ordered your steps. You can't look in other people's lanes when I've ordered your steps. I've directed your path. But we're comparing. We're comparing. That's real big in the body of Christ. We're comparing. That's what happened to Cain. He said, I offered up a sacrifice just like my brother. But his got accepted more than mine did, God. We start comparing. And whenever we do comparison, we're automatically going to, something else is going to be valued over the other. But God said, you have to look at your own self as valuable. That I may not be where my sister is, but I am right on schedule where God has me for my life. I want you to understand this is deliverance for somebody in this room. That somebody may be running laps around you. Let them run laps around you. The race is not given to the swift. It's not given to the strong. But it's the one that endures to the end. Your job is to last to the end of the race. Your job is to finish. Your job is to hear God say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Not that you broke a record. Time is that you finish the race. Tell somebody to finish the race. Finish it slow, but finish the race. Finish it hobbling, but finish the race. Finish it limping. Finish it. Finish it dragging yourself over. But for God's sake, man, finish the race. 
But the devil would have to discourage you and tell you, ain't no point running the race because you can't run it like my sister running. And you can't run it like brother such and such running. And people like people your age already done such and such. You, God said, you're going to have to shut the devil up. God said, we got to cast out every imagination and every high thing that exalted itself against the word of God. The word of God said that you are the head. You are not the tail. You are above only. You are not beneath. You are the righteousness of God. Seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And if anything come, God said, if an angel come, Preaching another word, God said it is a curse. But we gotta do maintenance on these minds. Tell somebody, tell them you gotta do maintenance on your mind. You gotta do maintenance on your mind and your emotions. This is the last thing I want you to write down, and we're gonna go. And I hope this has been of some benefit to somebody today. Tell somebody you gotta get out your feelings. Use them when necessary, but we can't live in the realm of our feelings. He says this. This is in my feelings questionnaire. And these are the things I want you to answer for yourself. And we'll talk about them at our clusters. Amen. We need everybody to join a cluster. Amen. We had a wonderful time on Tuesday night discussing. First thing is, what are my emotional triggers? I want you to write this down. Don't take a picture on the stage behind me. What are my emotional triggers? You can't protect what you don't acknowledge. Oh, I'm okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know, no, you know your buttons. And God said, you got to guard it. You got to let the Holy Spirit guard it. Number two, what is the root of my emotional trigger? See, the trigger is the fruit. What's at the root? If something really makes you go off, what's at the root of that thing? Ain't nobody going to disrespect me. Well, is, is it an insecurity? I don't like people to make me feel, is it insecure? It, what, what is it? It had an entry point somewhere. That's just my way. Well, your way is closing doors instead of, instead of letting you walk through doors. What will be my response when my trigger is engaged? See, we got to have a plan for it, y'all. If you ever had like you know, surgery on your knee, you pretty much know unless God come and regenerate and God can do that. That you got to guard that place. Because that's a weak point in your body. Amen? You got to know your triggers and you got to say, hey, I got to have a plan for when I feel this thing and it uprises, what's going to be my response? Because guess what? The devil knows it's your weakness too. And sooner or later, he's coming to push, not the buttons around it, he's going to push that button. Y'all know if y'all y'all got y'all got a coin on your toe and grandbaby come, they gon' they gonna go, they gonna come right to that spot. Lord, out of every place, I got a hundred thousand places on my body. You gonna hit this spot right here. Anybody ever been there? Lord have mercy. The devil will hit your spot. 
He don't play fair, y'all. What we have to do, we got to realize this is a weak spot in my, in my life. This is a place of emotionalism. This is a place where I could potentially lose it. So I got to have a plan for when it's engaged. This is good teaching, y'all. This is having strategy. Because guess what? The, the devil is playing with strategy. We're playing checkers and he's playing chess. He's trying to set us up for a moment. He knew that Moses had a problem with frustration and anger. He said, I'm going to irritate him so much that he's going to, he's going to lash out against the word of God. So tell somebody, you, you must have a strategy. The fourth question is, is this emotion that I'm feeling, is it in alignment with where I'm headed? Every emotion is not bad. Like I said, fire is not bad, but when it's used wrongly, it's destructive. When it's used under, under, under a constructive manner with good intentions, it is very positive. But to ask yourself, is it in alignment with where I'm going? Number five, I believe. Is the expression of this emotion, is it worth the exchange? Oh my goodness. Is it worth the exchange? I feel it in my belly. I'm here to say something. I'm here to do something. I'm about to react to this button getting pushed. Ask yourself, is what I'm about to do, say, or react to, is it worth the exchange? Where did God say, uh, a, a prudent and wise man, he counts up the cost before he goes to war. Before you say it, is it worth the exchange that's going to happen from it? I'm going to tell them from the rooter to the tutor, from front to back, you better count it up. Is it worth it? I'm going to go down the end of that hall and I'm going to tell my supervisor and I'm going to tell the president my mind. Ask yourself, is it worth it? I'm not saying walk in fear. If God said do it, you do it. But ask yourself, is that is the expression that I'm about to do? What I am telling you to do is, let's not be so reactionary. Step back. Tell somebody, step back. See, sometimes we want to react because we're in pride. I got a strike right now. I got to give an answer right now. See, pride goes before what, y'all? I got to say something right now. They got to know before I get off this phone call. They got to know before they leave. You don't treat me like that. You don't do that. I'm going to let you know. You don't pump me down. My name is Central. I grew up on the number street. You don't play with me. You know, you grew up on the number street. You don't play. That's pride. And pride goes before a fall. We should be quick to hear and slow to speak. And we should be slow to wrath. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? I'm going to let you go. This is the last thing I want to share with you. And this is really going to be something that I pray is going to free you in this room. Do I need outside help to manage my emotions sometimes we've been living with ourselves you know you have been with you every day of your life and sometimes you can be so close to the forest you can't see the trees 
When I used to write term papers, I would never read it myself. I have somebody else read it. Because I always write down what I intended to say. I, I leave out prepositions and this, and they're like, no, nah, that, don't, that don't flow right. Oh, what I meant to say was, you never grade your own papers. You never can choose do full assessment of yourself. And so you need to ask yourself, do I need impartial? Nobody that has a dog in the, in, in, in the fight. Somebody to assess and, and tell me, tell me about myself. Well, I must tell Jesus all my trouble, and that's true. And the Holy Spirit is a leader, teacher, and a guider. But sometimes in the realm of our own prayer life, we can hear things and, oh, I know that ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Because prayer and listening to God is a very personal thing. And so sometimes we can throw off things that the Holy Spirit is trying to show us. We can cast it off. Well, I know that wouldn't be me. That ain't me. Because you're grading your own paper sometimes. And so sometimes we need somebody else. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Everybody's standing. Tell somebody, get out of your feelings. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something that's going to free you in this place. This is something that has been taboo. And I'm speaking to us because we're predominantly black in this room. Jason, our, Jason, our honorary brother. Right, Jake? Let me tell you something, my brothers and my sisters. You get this camera on me real good. Sometimes it's okay to go get some professional help. To help and manage your emotions. I want you to listen to me very clearly. It has been taboo in the black community that if I go talk to somebody, if I go lay on somebody's couch, that I'm crazy. That pride won't let me go somebody. I don't want it to be said that I go to go talk to somebody. I got to be tough. I got to be, I can't show no weakness. I can't do this. And then there's a whole nother layer beyond just being in the black community, the black church community. That if I go talk to somebody professionally, oh, them people just trying to get me a pill. They just trying to make me a zombie. But guess what? If your blood sugar run through the roof, are you going to go out there and just, I'm just going to go out there and eat some seagrass? No, you're going to go to the doctor and say, I need some help because my sugar is spiking. I'm feeling low. I'm feeling high. And we think just because our emotions are invisible and what's going on in our minds we can't see is not tangible. We feel like we don't need nothing. But I'm telling you, you're looking at something who's been going to a therapist and haven't you been enjoying the world for the last couple of months I go to talk to somebody on a regular basis not because something's wrong because I don't want it to go wrong 
Now that should have freed somebody in this room. I'm not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But I'm letting you know I had reached a stage of life where I, I, I needed more tools to manage the stages of life where I was. And they are not trying to tell me that I don't love God and I don't know this. But the same way that if your foot is hurting, you ain't going to go out there to talk to Ned the winder on the street. You're going to go to a podiatrist to get your foot checked on. Sometimes God has given people professional tools to help manage our emotions. doesn't mean you don't believe in God. Tell somebody, go get some help. It don't, believe you. it don't mean you don't believe in God. It's getting tools so that you can live your best life. Is that delivering anybody in this place? Some of us, some of us has been taught some bad stuff. Honey, you don't go to doctor. Them people want to turn you to a zombie. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in this. And, and, if, and if somebody talking crazy, you find one that works for you. But what I'm saying is we are getting shipwrecked by our inability to manage our emotions. And we're trying to be John Wayne. And we're trying to be Mr. Tough Guy. And we're trying to be like, and meanwhile, we are sabotaging and we are closing every door that God is trying to open for us because we are don't are we are not utilizing and exercising the tools to help manage our emotions. You might have seen all your life that daddy responded with anger. So anytime, that's all I saw. So anytime I see adversity, I close doors and I run off from people. Anytime I shut people up, anytime people get too close, anytime I get frustrated, I throw my hands up. Well, see, here's our problem. I'm going to let y'all go in a minute. So many times we've been trying to give spiritual answers to emotional problems. you might just need some tools that when I feel like this I realize it comes from this place and I inherited this not, not through some spiritual spooky thing I just saw a bad example and I'm replicating bad behavior because that's how I saw people respond to it and so I need extra tools first of all I need somebody to shine the light on me so that I can see the error of my ways because see sometimes we're so busy not trying to be like mom and daddy we end up being a newer shinier model now I ain't said no scripture but I'm preaching right now In our effort to not be like mama and daddy and granddaddy, we end up being a newer, shinier model, but the root is still the same. And after you get up off the floor, and after you finish foaming at the mouth, and after you finish all this, and after God delivers you, you got to use some tools. And guess what? They may not be spiritual tools, and I know that sounds sacrilegious coming from a pastor. telling you the truth 
So I, you know, and, 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 and it is bad in the black community, and it's bad particularly in the black church that people feel like that you gotta, you can't go somewhere. If you're dealing with some issues and it's too much, go get some help. Tell somebody beside tell them you got permission to get some help. And sometimes you can talk to the pastor, and that's fine. But there are people the same the same way same way you wouldn't go to your dentist if you got some cardiovascular issues. You need to go somebody that, that deals with giving you tools to deal with your emotions. Can somebody put a hand together for freedom in this place? Tell somebody it's okay. It's okay. I'm telling you. This is, this is the most deliverance that I've, that I've spoken of. It is okay. Stop trying to handle things on yourself. Stop trying to be Superman and Wonder Woman. It's okay to go get some help. You're trying to do it on your own and everything is crumbling. It's because you need some tools. You need somebody that don't have a dog in a fight, that don't know you when you grew up, that didn't graduate with you. Somebody that don't know about to tell you, I don't know you from Adam's house, cat, but this is what I see. I see from somebody on a regular basis that read me like a book. like boom you know what and he wasn't in no spirit human behavior cycles and habits it's free anybody in this place go get you some help some tools. Tell somebody to go get you some tools. Well, it's going to cost too much. You got insurance? If you don't, it's worth paying for. It's worth paying for. You want everybody brand name on you? And that ain't made you feel no better. Not long term. It gives you temporary relief. There's coming a time where I realize that my age and my stage, I am worth the investment. I'm worth the, tell somebody, I'm worth the investment. I'm worth the investment. In the stage of life I'm in, my middle age, right at the gateway. I realize told my wife this. I said, said, the decisions I'm making in the next five years are going to determine the next 30. And so I have to be prudent and give myself enough, a good chance. Like it's halftime in my life. That's what they call me. It's halftime. I've lived enough to where I've seen some patterns start. And it's like, do I want, is what I'm doing is going to get me where ultimately I want to go. And some things I've stopped. Some things I've cut off, some things I've taken to me, some people I've cut off. Because I've got a mission ahead of me. And nothing is going to deter me. Come on, hold hands with your neighbor.
God, we thank you today, Lord, that we were able just to get together and just talk. Thank you, Lord, for giving us emotions. Lord, we're not going to resent them, Lord. We thank you, Lord, how you've given us emotions. How you've made it possible that we can feel, we can love, we can even have anger sometimes. We can get disturbed, God, because they all come from you. Thank you, Lord, that we should be a good steward, a good manager over what you've given us, over our bodies, over our minds, over our relationships, and yes, Lord, even over our emotions. Lord, that you've given them to us, but the devil desires not only to sift us as we, but that the devil desires to pervert our emotions. And so God, right now, Lord, that the fact that your word has shown the light on us, Lord, today we commit to being a better manager of our emotions. That we won't be so quick to respond. That we won't be so quick to just fly off the handle. That we won't be ruled by our emotions, God, but we will let your Holy Spirit be our guide, be our strength, and be our direction for the next steps that we take. Lord, we pray for our neighbor right now. Lord, we don't know what emotional state they're in, but we thank you, Lord, for emotional healing even now, God. We thank you, Lord, that, there are, that if they have emotional scars, God, that you are reaching in right now, that, that, that an altar call doesn't have to be called, that a hand doesn't have to be laid, God. But we thank you right now, Lord, that you go into their heart, you go into the deepest recesses of their heart, God, and you begin to show them the places of injury. You begin to show them the places where the enemy has inflicted pain and scarring even from childhood, God. And we thank you, Lord, that a spirit of healing and restoration, even if it's from divorce, God, if it's from if it's from childhood, if it's from growing up with siblings, God, if it's from us being not being favored and us being considered to be the black sheep, God, whatever it is, God, we thank you, Lord, that there is a healing balm, not only for the external wounds, God, but we thank you that from every internal emotional hurt that you are healing our neighbor, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we will be seekers of empowerment and tools to make us emotionally healthy. Some of us are physically healthy, God, but we're unhealthy in our emotions. Nobody can get next to us. Nobody can love us. Nobody can, nobody can speak words of truth and affirmation in our lives, God. We reject everything that's positive because our souls are weighed down in our emotions. We thank you, Lord, that as we ask these questions of what are our triggers, what are the roots of our triggers, what are, what are going to be our responses? Lord, did you give us strategies? Lord, some thorns you're not going to take out of our side. God, we realize that. But we thank you, Lord, for giving us boldness and strategy, God, to manage these emotions that you have given us. Lord, just like that fire, God, it can be destructive or it can be constructive. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the strategies to be constructive in the blessing of emotions that you have given us. God, we thank you 
We thank you, Lord, for wisdom. We thank you, Lord, that we can come to church, God, we can worship you, we can praise you, we can encourage each other, and we can leave with something tangible to live our best life. I thank you, Lord, that as, as our neighbor, as we're praying for them, that as they learn to manage their, their emotions, God, that the doors are about to swing open on their behalf. That we will no longer self-sabotage by feelings and emotions. That we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit, that gentle, that gentle nudge that is telling us, hey, watch out. Don't give in to that. That's a button. That's an emotion. That we will harness that fire in our bosom. We thank you, Lord, that you will allow us to make all things good. Make all things for our good. Lord, we're just tools for your kingdom, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we have killed that sacred cow. We have dispelled that myth in the taboo. That it is somehow not, not being a faith-filled believer if we go get help. Thank you, Lord, that we will seek out counsel and godly counsel. The same way we go get help with the condition of an organ, that we will go and get help to manage our emotions and to manage our thought life. God, we're so excited about what you're about to do. We're so excited about what, that, that we're positioning ourselves for the best that you have for us, God. Lord, we're excited because when we get our emotions in alignment with your plans for us, God, you're going to swing open doors, God. You'll be able to trust us with the promises that you have laid up for us all because we have learned to not walk in our feelings. God, we love you. We bless you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message. And we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash at the fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.